Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is made possible by our sponsors, CSU Ramzone, powered by the CSU Bookstore, a great sponsor of our Pick'em and Bracket contests all year. Ginger and Baker, our favorite restaurant on the planet, and of course, Peterson Toyota. It is 2024, and you may be thinking this is the year for a new car. Let me introduce you to the all-new 2024 Land Cruiser with prices starting in the mid-50K range. Whether you're conquering rugged trails or cruising through the city streets, Land Cruiser brings dynamic energy to any adventure. Peterson Toyota can hook you up with a test drive. They're your local Toyota dealer serving Fort Collins, Loveland, Windsor, and Tinmouth, and they've been doing so for more than 50 years. Not only will you find the latest Toyota models, you'll also find a friendly and accommodating staff eager to assist you. You'll receive first-class attention, whether it be a service appointment, help picking out the right part for your Toyota, or test driving a new or pre-owned vehicle. Whatever you're looking for, Peterson's expert staff will help you find the one that is right for you, all at competitive pricing and financing. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota a first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Kendall-Massa with my buddy Mike Rowe. Interesting day today. We had not planned on getting on the uh, mic today, but uh, we wanted to hop on and talk about this stepping down of CSU Athletic Director Joe Parker that was, I actually first saw someone bring it up on Ram Nation this morning, bring up, hey, there's some big news coming up. And then I hopped off Ram Nation, was hanging out with my son, my phone was blowing up, didn't even look. And so I think I was the last to know, but, uh, but Joe is out. I believe he was forced out. He will remain a special advisor to CSU President Amy Parsons. I would imagine that that is an interim basis. I will say this, as, as I was definitely the last to know in our circle of friends and, and even among Ram Nationers, but I think I may have been in some way one of the first to know as I was talking with Amy last week at the Denver uh, Recruiting Roundup at the Denver Country Club. She made a comment to me when I first got there, she and I were talking one-on-one and she said that I have got to get football going on my watch. If it's the last thing I do, basically basically is what she said. And then she said, and it may require some difficult decisions. And I remember thinking like, wow, that was an interesting comment because I thought she was in referencing Jay Norvell. And I thought maybe, you know, she's like, look, if he doesn't get it done next year, then I might have to make a difficult decision to let him go after just three years on the job. I thought that's what she meant. But looking back, I actually think she was maybe foreshadowing this decision with Joe Parker. That makes more sense. Why would you say something like that in an event for Jay Norvell and the football staff? Um, So I I think this is really, uh, when it comes down to it, about football. I think there's some other things potentially at play as well. We'll talk about that. But Mike, I wanted to get your thoughts on what was your reaction when you heard this news? Uh, shocked, to be honest. Um, and at the same time, not shocked. It, it was one of those, like, I couldn't believe it happened, but 
I'm not too shocked that it did happen uh, as well. You know, I, I got a text um, right before, right before I signed on Ram Nation that said he was out. And so of course I went there, I went to Twitter and somebody had that cryptic post, big news coming out of CSU today on the message board. And then I, I think Kevin Lytle post, uh, tweeted something out, like some big news coming up soon. And, and then more texts and then names started getting out there. And yeah, I think about 30 minutes later, it was, it, I mean, it had officially broken. Um, again, I, I, I'm shocked, but not shocked at the same time. Um, and, and we, we could go into what, and we'll, we'll go into more later, but I, I, I do want to say, like, it is a sad day. I, I really like Joe. Um, him and Jen have been great to, to my, me and my family. And and so, you know, it sucks. You know, I know that they bleed green and gold. They have two children that are, are CSU alumni. And, and, you know, whether you agree with everything that he did or not, I don't agree with everything he did. But everything he did at, in Fort Collins was to make, try to make CSU better, but he, he kept messing up in one big, in one big, huge way. And that was with football. And you no, know, I think that's probably why he lost his job. Well, you said it. All right. So I understand how fanatic fans work and the celebration that people had. We had a few on Ram nation message boards, a lot on Twitter celebrating this and 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 I get it. I mean, a lot of people have wanted this change for a long time and they feel like this is, you know, kind of the the gateway to a improved football future maybe. And then and then you get a couple guys taking shots at us and you know, it's because we have had Joe on once a month. We try and we don't bash him, right? We treat him with respect, we ask him questions. I don't know, there's some people who'll just he'll just never appease, but what I don't understand is, you know, people are going to look at us and and think, oh, yeah, they're, this is probably a bad day for Joel and Michael. Yeah, it is because we like Joe as a human being. And yeah, he's a good he's a good man. He's a good man. And as you said, Jen is great. I love spending time with him. I love talking with, talking with him every month. And you know what? Yeah, you and I get as pissed as anybody when we suck at football or where we have a bad <laughs> loss. Or when something else goes wrong in the athletic department and we're like, God, Joe, what, what were you thinking there? You know, what, what is this absolutely horrific extension on Mike Bobo? Or what is this even worse hire on Steve Adazio? You know, those kind of things. I was as sick as anybody and as pissed as anybody. But you yep. develop relationships with people and 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 they become friends. So whether or not we are cordial with each other, we have interviews with each other and um you know, I think people view this as you and me losing. Oh, now they're only nice because they want this access. I don't know this access that people, I, you, you've seen that. People talk about right? oh, they, they just want to keep their access. The access that I have is because I pay for access, <laughs> right? I pay for the OCR. I pay for my my seats where I have them. I don't get any other special access than that, right? We help our time. We donate our money just like anyone else. And we want what's best for best for CSU. So that that's that, those comments that were started that were being directed at us pissed me off today. Um, one because this asshole is reveling uh, reveling in the firing of a good man, and two, um, 
ripping on us for it as well. So that, that just pisses me off. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's funny. I didn't I didn't even see any of those. I'm guessing it's from a couple people I have specifically blocked, and I don't block a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, so I so I didn't see that I didn't see those I didn't yeah. see those comments. But you're right. right. What 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 have we ever gotten? Like I I can't think of a single thing that I got haven't gotten tickets, haven't gotten upgrades and seats, haven't gotten put in the president's box or anything like that just because of us having a podcast. And we've never asked. I'm like, why would I need to? You know, exactly. Don't need to do that. So, again, you know, it's just so weird. Like, and it's our kind of just the dynamic in the United States right now. If, If you like one person, then you automatically have to hate the other person. Yeah. So if you really like Jack Graham, you have to hate Joe Parker. If you really like Joe Parker, that must mean that you absolutely hate Jack Graham, which I've been told I do a hundred times and I don't, I absolutely love Jack. He's a great ambassador for CSU and I like Joe. He's a great, he was a good AD over the last nine years. Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to bring that up and, and make it, it's not about us, but I, I just, I'm a little Everything. perturbed by the celebration of, you know, of a firing and then, targeting us. But anyway, um, so the interesting thing about this happening today is the timing. Like when I first heard it, I'm like, well, what's the significance of today of all time? You know, like nobody really can get in, in even in private conversations, people that were, that are in campus and connected with Amy Parsons may have known this was coming, but not necessarily like why today? Why was this being announced today? Why was this happening today? So a lot of confusion around what that could be. At the end of the day, I do think it comes down to football. Uh, there's a, there's some other dynamics that we'll talk about, but you look at the football results since Joe got here. And Joe was hired in 2015. The committee, he had nothing to do with the hiring of Mike Bobo. The committee hired him and he went seven and six, three years in a row. And Joe, I believe, started hearing that there were other coaching opportunities out there for Mike Bobo. I specifically heard Atlanta Falcons and what role, I'm not sure. But I think Joe thought, look, we need to lock him down. We had three straight bowl appearances. And you look back, and that turned out to be obviously not a good extension there. And it locked us into owing Mike Bobo more than we should have if we had not extended him at that point. And Mike Bobo... He also had the health issue, right? The peripheral neuropathy issue. And I think that really hampered his last couple of years. But at the end of the day, if you were a football mind, you probably look at, great, the seven and sixes and the bowl games are nice, but it's a little bit superficial because there was no, there were no real wins of substance any of those three years. Yeah, you went to bowl games three years in a row, but you lost all three. You didn't win any rivalry. I think he won one rivalry game. He's like one for 19. Two. It was pathetic, a pathetic tenure for rivalries. Um, so all those things. And and I remember Joe would always talk about the culture being improved, you know, under Mike Bobo. But we always kind of heard there was pretty, it was clicky in there in the locker room. And then, of course, when Adazio comes in, the, the company line is, well, he's got to change the culture. Well, I thought the culture was good, right? So all those things, when you look at football under under Joe Parker, not good. Then he goes and hires Steve Adazio. Now, whether or not Joyce McConnell had her fingers all over that, that is the that's what everyone seems to think. I really don't know the story there. Joe has owned it. 
Um, he personally owned it. He says it was him. Um, so that's another just inexplicable hire. I will never forget. I was at an avalanche game when I got a phone call that said, we just hired Steve Adazio and I wanted to cry. <laughs> like I thought it was the worst hire ever. It was so uninspiring. That alone probably could have been, you know, as much as I love Joe, you wanted to fire him then. I could understand it because I thought that was I, I hated it. I absolutely hated that that hiring. And then there was oh. also there was also the other stuff off the field that if you remember, there was those investigations. So there's a lot of things related to football on and off the field that just were not good. So you can see that aspect of it really kind of lining up and, and being ammunition for ultimately this decision. You know, you know, you know, going back to to the Bobo extension, we you and I and and a few others met with Joe down here in 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 our neighborhood in Parker, Colorado, and and I remember telling him. I mean, all of us did. Uh, some much nicer than others. Uh, P. Repstock um, <laughs> <laughs> about what a bad extension it was. Now. It's one of those you had to give him extension. It was year three. You can't have a lame duck coach going in for recruiting reasons. But the terms on the the terms on the extension were horrible, and that's where that's where Bobo's agent totally fleeced us. Totally fleeced us with that extension earlier by saying, "Oh yeah, you know this this team's looking at him. This team's looking at him." But again, go back to McElwain. How pissed was everybody at at um? Tony Frank, that we let him walk. You think if we let him, you know, we let Bobo walk, everyone's mad again. Like, oh, gosh, we're just a stepping stone and everyone's just coming in here, uh, blah, 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 blah. So I see why we did the extension. The terms were horrible. And that and that next year, I mean, that we should have pulled the trigger then on – but again, he had his health issues, so you think, okay, well, maybe it was just that. It was it was bad inside the locker room. He just wasn't a head coach, and that's something that I know I know Joe didn't hire him, but that's something that he should have seen. Mike Bobo is not a head coach. He is not a head coach now. You know, he showed that when he was the interim at, at South Carolina. He'll never get another head coaching job. He's an offensive coordinator. That's his job, and and giving him that extension and, and not pulling the trigger sooner on firing him. I mean, that was, like you said, not having a football mind, hiring Adazio. But the thing is, I mean, who were the other candidates? We had Wilson, dude that got fired from Indiana for hitting players. We had Bush Jones, who was doing God knows what at Tennessee, although now that's legal, so maybe we should have hired him, you know, trying to pay players and all that. And Adazio, those were our three candidates. You know, why? Because of Urban Meyer, who handpicked three of his former coordinators and coaches, three of his buddies, and we give the keys to Adazio. And then I still think that Jay's going to work out. But we've had two years, and we have, what, eight wins in two years? That's not good. That's not good. Now, I personally, I thought he was going to get fired uh, in 21, back when, right when Adazio got fired. If you think back to our podcast, that October podcast that we had with him, remember how defensive he was? And he was like, I don't want to talk about Adazio. And he's like, he's like the culture in the locker room, which, again, you just said how 
he complimented what Bobo did, but then he started using that as an excuse for Adazio. But he's like, the culture in the locker room's horrible. Steve has to fix all this stuff. Like he's doing everything right. And he was he was just very defensive. And and then that next month, that next podcast, he was just so defeated. I truly thought he was gonna get fired. Just the way that that whole thing went, that whole whole podcast, that whole interview. I really felt like he was going to get fired. Like he just seemed, he, 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 it just seemed like last man walk or dead man walking there, you know? And instead McConnell gets fired, which kind of came out of, out of left field. But if you go back to this fall, when we had that round table with, with Kevin Lytle and just Michael and, and Tyler and you and I, one of the questions that you asked you asked everybody, is Joe going to be here? You know, is Joe going to be here in five years? Or is he going to be here? And I and I remember saying, it's like, we got to get to a bowl. If we don't get to a bowl this year, then, then Amy really has to look at the situation and decide if he's the right person to be in charge of this program. Because we should have made a bowl this year. And after that Hawaii game, I said the same thing, like, you know, Amy's got to decide. Like, she has to decide if if Joe's the right person moving forward because our football team just went 5-7. and seven. We just lost to a horrible Hawaii team that we didn't get into a bowl. So she needs to decide that. And, I mean, the timing does seem weird. Um, but it did, did save us $250,000. Uh, making that move now as uh, uh, compared to uh, early December, whenever we finished football. Right. Well, you brought it up. Adazio, he went four and 12 in his time here. Norvell, who I like, and I think he is the answer, but remains to be seen. He's eight and 16, six and 10 in conference play. So in the last, what, four seasons, uh, we are 12 and 28. So obviously that's, that's just, it's not cutting it in it. To compound it, it all has happened at the worst possible time. Like there was there was windows of opportunity to improve your situation as a university, to be in the conversation uh, for conference expansion. And we were at our very worst at the worst possible time. You know, when when other schools that we should be better at should be better candidates at the end of the day, we weren't even in the conversation when you got a school like Cincinnati and UCF and um, these other schools that that get brought up, who who until until their miraculous runs uh, in football in recent years had worse crowds than us, right? They don't have any better stadiums than us. They don't have better facilities or anything like that. They had coaches that won is basically what happened, and they did it at the right time. And we were sucky at the wrong time. Uh, Right before we got on this call, I, I saw football scoop come out with this little blurb and and I don't know how much of this you 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 look into because there's ways that you fudge numbers to look good or look bad. Um, but football scoop said part of the reason they that Joe Parker may be out is because uh, it highlighted this stat that of the three D1 schools uh, in Colorado, CSU appears to be in the least sustainable situation. The university reported a $28.2 million uh, deficit in athletics in 2022, the highest in Colorado. And 
that has a lot to do with the fact that our our stadium is financed and your overhead expenses, which includes the bonds on those uh, on the stadium, went from 107,000 in fiscal year 2013 to just over 14 million in fiscal year 2022. And just in our last call with Joe last week, he talked about how their overall athletic budget is reaching like $60 million this year or this past year. So Joe's Joe has ramped up budgets, but is there, are we getting ourselves in the red? Is, is that what I'm reading here? And, 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 and I don't, I don't know enough about it because I just, just read this before we came on here, but um, that could just be another factor. Maybe the, the numbers are not aligning with overall university budgets. I, I don't know. That, that, that came out uh, months ago, Sean Keeler, and the Denver Post wrote that. He's the one that, that discussed that. And Joe was on with this. I think this was October. And he refuted the numbers that Keeler put out. Exactly. And he specifically said that it was it was because of the stadium debt. And that that's even though that's included in the athletic budget, it's not truly part of the athletic budget. So so Joe brought Joe explained that. I don't think I, I truly don't think that's that's a reason. I I, I think it's I think there's three reasons, but I think that's number one right there is is football. We yeah. haven't won in football. Yeah. And if you can't win in football in today's in today's NCAA, then you're dead. Then you're just a dead school. Yeah. Well, let's um I, I want to talk about what I think could possibly be another piece of this. And let me preface this by saying. I'm, I'm not reporting facts here. I'm just sharing things that I've heard. I'm deducing on pieces of information. And this is just me trying to piece together thoughts on why this move was made now at this particular time. So this is not fact by any means, but you and I both have heard this, that there has been maybe, and I'm not going to call this like a big deal, but maybe some uh, disagreement or butting of heads between the basketball staff and the athletic department particularly in terms of fundraising priority via the Ram Club for the athletic department versus fundraising for NIL that goes towards supporting these dollars that our programs need to be able to retain their student-athletes, attract student-athletes, all those things, which we're trying to count on the Green and Gold Guard right now as an aspect of retaining good student-athletes. But one of the other interesting things that Amy said to me the other night at the recruiting uh, Ram recruiting roundup was that she said, I need to do and I will do everything possible to keep Nico. She loves Nico and feels like he's the perfect fit for Fort Collins for CSU. And if she felt, going back to what I just said about this butting of heads, if she felt there was some sort of hindrance between Joe and the athletic department and keeping Nico, like if there was some sort of disagreement philosophically on where money should be going, uh, then maybe she felt like she needed to remove that roadblock in this critical time where Nico might be being courted by other universities for other jobs. And she's trying to do everything possible to keep him happy and keep him here. If, if you throw in everything that's happened in football and you throw in this piece of, we need to keep Nico happy. And maybe there's not, we're not all rosy in uh, Ram athletics and ran basketball maybe she feel felt like she needed to remove that roadblock you know joe's methods were great five years ago 10 years ago 15 years ago a school like csu 
has to change. Joe would be perfect out of Alabama where they print money in the athletic department where their NIL prints money. We don't have that. And, and this is something I've really noticed over the last six months is our athletic department has been pushing the Ram club hard. This is something that basically went away three or four years ago before NIL, like Ram club kind of took a big step back. Once we moved over to the new stadium where the focus was more on trying to get donors for specific, for specific sports. So instead of don't like we used to, where we donated the Ram club and we had the different levels in, in Ram club. Now it was like, we'll join the touchdown club, join the three point club or slam duck club or, Cam's army and in women's footy and and all that other stuff, right? But we hired Marcus Paulus uh, to to direct the Ram Club, and there has been such a heavy push for the Ram Club. That's dead. Like those days are gone at at a school like CSU. It's about NIL. It is one hundred percent about NIL. You know, donating. A thousand dollars to to join the the slam dunk club or or whatever it is for for men's basketball round ball <laughs> round ball club close enough right close enough donating a thousand dollars or seven hundred fifty that's the that's the bottom that's the bottom tier in in the round ball club uh that seven fifty doesn't go very far for Nico to have in his discretionary seven fifty goes a lot more in the nil. And it seems like there's just been CSU's athletic department has been really wanting that money as opposed to pushing that money to the green and gold guard or, or what, you know, businesses setting up NILs on their own with, with athletes and, and all that stuff. And in today's age, you can't do that. You can't do that at a school like, like CSU. We brought this up. I brought it up. I think multiple times. Brought it up just last week. I brought up with Joe because I think this is a fascinating dynamic. But we asked Joe, what what are your thoughts on donating towards CSU athletics versus NIL? Because you have people that work for you that are specifically responsible for fundraising money for the athletic department. And that's how their performance is measured. So they're out to get money for the athletic department, which is in direct competition to the Green and Gold Guard and what the coaches need for their programs and they want NIL money. So I I think there is something to that and whether or not it was a big deal or not, I can't speak to that, but I do think that may have been part of what's going on here. Um, And I will share this too, because you brought up the round round ball. I was not there. There was actually a round ball meeting today. Knew knew a few buddies that were there and they shared just a, a few tidbits, but um, Nico spoke to the, the donors and, and basically said, you know, he was super appreciative to Joe for giving him a chance for hiring him for doing everything that he, that he could for funding the program, the best that he could and all that. So he said all those right things, but some other tidbits that came out during that meeting were, and you wouldn't bring this up unless there was some angst there, but CSU basketball. Each ticket, when you include the ticket price itself, as well as the donations that are attached to it, to sitting in the lower bowl and all those, you know, everybody with season tickets, 
um, plus whatever else you're just paying just if you're not in a, a, a priority seating area. The average price per ticket is $14, $14 over the course of a year. So that is insane. And it shows you the lack of revenue that should be coming in for a sport like this, especially when things are going well. Um, I think the number that I heard was that we have, um, we're making like a million dollars a year for basketball and other schools are, uh, and the other top schools in the Mount West are far surpassing that. Um, so when I heard that, I'm like, well, we could probably maybe under the new AD be expecting some ticket hikes and, and uh, donation requirement hikes. Um, also, there's a list of things that Nico wants that probably tallies up to about $3 million. Um, so whether or not he could not get that funding from the athletic department, I don't know. But that that number was brought up. Um, this was interesting. CSU is number one in the Mountain West in funding for every women's sport and every men's Olympic sport. So you look at that. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You got to give kudos for that. But we're middle of the pack in football and in men's basketball. So two of your biggest sports we're middle of the packet resourcing and we are going balls out <laughs> on all the other sports. And it kind of shows, right? I mean, it shows we're really good at, at Olympic sports and we're good in a lot of our women's sports. I think I read in part of that press release today that we have won 25 championships under Joe Parker. And obviously none of those were football or men's basketball. And so they're all coming from that. And, and it correlates with the funding that he's been been doing there. So um, I think that that, that is um, maybe part of the dynamic here. Just hearing that, that's part of the conversation that came out of that round ball. I think that's part of the narrative. Like, look, we need better support in men's basketball. We need better support in football, you know? So that the, the couple, couple things there I thought were interesting that, that came out of that. Yeah. Um, it's tough. We haven't, we haven't produced on the field in football. We have all these new facilities and there's just you just hear so many things about how we nickel and dime, you know. And there's there's nothing wrong with being frugal. There's nothing wrong with being smart and, and not just tossing money around, you know. But at the end of the day, if if, if you want to play with the big boys, you have to you have to back it up, you know. And and it just seems like it just seems like sometimes we throw money when we shouldn't, and then when we should, we're like sitting on our wallets. You know, you go go to volleyball. You and I had a conversation with with somebody connected with the program last fall. You know, at a tailgate. You know, and there's there's been word that we had one Mountain West coach turn us down, and we had another in-state coach turn us down because we wouldn't we weren't willing to pay them more than what they were making at their other schools. You know, and it's like. This has been our premier program for decades in in volleyball. And, and now we're going to nickel and dime when we have a chance to, you know, build on what, you know, Hilbert has done at Moby and, and we're going to go cheap. And, and you know, I, I, I think that eventually uh, we'll be back up there in volleyball. But I think this year, if we have an experienced coach, we're in the NCAA tournament. We win the Mountain West. We don't have all those. We don't have. We don't have all those. Uh, 
needed a pretzel break. Apparently we don't have, <laughs> you know, we don't have all those meltdowns where we get reverse swept. I think we got reverse swept four times this year. Um, it, it, it's just something like that. You're like, why did we go cheap? And hearing what you, uh, you know, what you said, uh, you know, with the way that we fund, funding certain sports, you know, you, you can see it. You can see why and then why we're in the situation that we're in. Okay, let me pause real quick, tell you about Ginger and Baker. Just went there for lunch this past Saturday prior to the CSU-Utah State basketball game. Saw Ginger there. It was fantastic. Tried a new dish that I hadn't had before at the cafe. It was the Sweet Heat Chicken Sammy, which is a fried breaded chicken thigh with house buffalo sauce, which is a, man, it's a nice spicy buffalo sauce, but also has a sweetness to it. It comes with gorgonzola, apple slaw on the top, tomato, burger bun. It was delicious. Really delicious. I'm craving it again. So many great comfort food classics at the cafe. Then you've also got the cash upstairs. It's an elevated dining experience where you can enjoy fine steaks and chops, good whiskey, or select from their award-winning wine list. Ginger and Baker also features a coffee shop, a market, teaching kitchen, and event spaces. And man, they've got some great event spaces. The mill top is worthy of wedding events. In fact, there was a couple meeting there on Saturday going through their options. Plus, you got the wine cellar, which is a classy, intimate space, perfect for dinners or corporate meetings. There's something for everybody here. It's amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. Well, I know there's a big celebration amongst uh, the, the Joe Parker haters. But I thought that there was there's a lot of things on his resume that he did well, if you ask me, starting with the stadium completion, you know, getting that thing done and done first class. Obviously, that was initiated well before him, but he brought it through without any complications, out of issues, got it done. Um, stadium naming, right? The Canvas Credit Union came in under his watch. And football scheduling? I like the hiring of Jay Norvell. That jury's still out there, but I personally love the guy. The hiring of Nico, that's a heck of a hire. There's some hires that remain to be seen that he's got through some of our Olympic sports, but I like several of them. They're still very early in their tenures, but a lot of people didn't like the FNBO loft petting zoo, but he revamped that a little bit after year one. And I think that's actually been a nice little addition to the arena, bringing alcohol or beer and wine sales throughout uh, the rest of the arena, I think that every year they've improved the tailgating situation for, for Canvas, right? They've 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 made tweaks. Where Other they, than the contest. <laughs> contest sucked. But, I mean, they, they have looked every year at where can we get better? What have we kind of missed on? Um, they actually purposefully made an effort to try to bring in engaged fans to the Great Green and tailgate more on the – the intramural field because they wanted more people not on the outskirts but in the heart of everything so they're they're looking at ways to improve um i mean we just talked about the funding of the women's the olympic sports which has been very good across the board the 24 championships or whatever it was um, and then i read this in the press release it was since 2017 the number of csu student athletes uh earning in the mountain west Ac academic all-conference 3.0 gpa or better and scholar athletes 3.5 gpa or better uh, has increased significantly. So all those other things have been done well. And, you know, I, I called Joe, left him, left him a voicemail today, just told him probably a pretty shitty day for him, but um, I appreciated all the the time and commitment that he he gave to CSU. And one of the things that he said in our last podcast with him was interesting because we asked him a question about 
um, putting incentives into contracts and asked, because uh, someone asked him about, hey, would you build in some incentives for Jay Norvell to beat his rivals? And, and so his response was, look, um, if you need those kind of things to want to win, you know, then you're you're kind of missing the boat. And he said, you know, in fact, just this past year in my extension or whatever, whenever it was, he asked for all of his incentives to be removed because his base salary was sufficient to motivate him and to come to work every day and grind. So I, I like that, man. And I like Joe as a person and, and, and I will, uh, I'll definitely miss having him around, but um, you know, we, we also have things that I think we could get better at. And this is an opportunity for the university to make a big hire and uh, hopefully the right person to take you to the next level, uh, especially in our, our two spot, our two sports that we need to do well. You know, I, I, I've said this millions of times on the board. I've said it on here. I, I've loved the hires outside of, of football. Nico was a home run, like great hire. Going to go to our second tournament. We're we're going to go to our fourth postseason in in six years. Would have been would have been our fourth postseason. Sorry, I forgot the COVID. We got we got locked out uh, in in twenty twenty, but that was a big hire. You know, uh, you look at his hires in cross country, nationally ranked team. Uh, both both squads went to the tournament this year. First time that had happened in a long time. His golf hires in both men and women. His uh, coach Tran in, in tennis is she's amazing. She's love great. Hegan. Yep, love Keeley. Uh, what what the soccer program has done? They qualified for the Mountain West tournament twice, just the third time in in program history. Um, and and she has brought in a completely different type of athlete than what CSU was getting before, and is doing a great job working the transfer portal along with with recruiting out of uh, out of the high school ranks. Those hires have been great. You look at our facilities. I mean, obviously we know that how top class Canvas Stadium is, but look at Moby. You know, we did we did the renovations, put seven million in there, new locker rooms, top of the line locker rooms. Uh, completely revamped softball program uh, with their facilities. Completely new digs in in women's soccer that should be opening up. Jack Christensen Stadium, uh, and and the indoor facilities for track and field. You look at, I mean, we talked about it with Martin Laird last week. You know, our indoor facilities, our practice facilities for for uh, golf, better than what you can get in the PGA. Like we we he's done an amazing job with facilities here. Uh, you talked about the, the the all the Mountain West championships that that we've won underneath under his watch. But it comes back to comes back to football, and and can't you can't do that? You can't do that. I want to say one thing that's that's really bothered me the last couple months with him. You, you've asked him and, and, you know, people on the board have, have put this in about the pack two and about, about, you know, what do we need to do to, to move forward with that? You know, honestly, like we breaking apart with them, like what's going on. And he's just kind of been reserved. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word, but I don't want to say defeatist either, but it hasn't been something like, yeah, we need to figure this out. 
like we need to be part of this next thing. It's like, well, they need to do this. They need to do that. And it's very reminiscent of PK. I absolutely love PK. Another, you know, Paul was awesome. Another person that was, he was just a good person to be around. Yep. You know, but again, he wasn't dynamic. And when, when everything started changing back then in, in 08, Boise, San Diego State, TCU, leaving the Mountain West to go to the Big East, he wasn't standing on a freaking on a, a stump saying CSU needs to be in the Big East too. It was just, you know, we gotta, we just gotta, you know, keep working, keep keep working hard to start 2012, not 2008. Um, and and he was just so reserved with that. And you could see where Jack Graham came in and was like, Tony, like we need to be in these conversations. We need to change football so that we're the ones that are, are getting begged to come to the Big East, come to a BCS conference. And so we had that change. So I just just listening to Joe the last couple times that he's been on with us, it really has seemed like he's – well, they need to do this. They need to do that. Not like, you know, CSU, we are doing everything we can to make sure that we're in the pack two, that we're involved in that situation, no matter how it looks, whether they're coming with us, whether we're going with them. And it wasn't that way. So you got to, you got to wonder, is this another PK situation where, Hey, why aren't you beating your chest telling everybody we need to be involved in this new league? However, that is, we need to be involved in, in, and I didn't see that the last couple times that he's been on with us. Not saying he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and he's not the guy that gets out in front in in, in the public to put it on there. So I'm not saying that he wasn't doing that, but you know what? Like, you know, the way your appearance is, that's how people see it, right? Well, I think Joe was trying to be honest to a fault. Like he probably with his contacts and with his casual conversations with his contacts in the big 12 and across the country and seeing that we really were so far out of the discussion because of probably how bad we've been in football that he started to bring up the other things that hold us back, which are metrics on eyeballs, TV eyeballs, engaged alumni donations, all that stuff. And every time we talk to him about anything related to realignment or any of that he was so quick to point out how CSU fans are not doing their part right essentially is what it came down to um and that I think there's a more inspiring way to get that message out than to constantly harp and and obviously it didn't do him any good like fans took those comments and hated him for it really I mean they really did and they 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 they, they interpreted it as it's the fans fault it's not the athletic department's fault why we can't make that jump. Joe is no doubt was working behind the scenes and having those conversations, but was he just kind of a um, passive, hey, we really want to be a part of this. What do we need to do? Or was he shouting from the rooftops like the guy from SMU, right, who everyone in the country thinks is a total jackass, uh, and they sold their soul to the devil to get into the ACC, but you know what? They're in the ACC, and and they're going to be. And whether or not there's going to be an ACC, that's not the point. Like, they they didn't care 
whose feathers they ruffled, right? They're like, this is a transformational move for our university. We have got to get into it at all costs, even if we pay our own way in for 10 years or whatever it is. And, you know, that that's not Joe style, right? Joe is a non-confrontational guy. So I don't know. I, I think the last, the last thing I would want to talk about here, and I'm, I didn't have any time to like investigate candidates or anything like that. I'm not equipped to, to discuss that at this point, but I would say, and, and by the way, I've seen a lot of people saying, Hey, can it be Jack Graham? And he, Jack's not going to be a candidate. Jack, Jack is not going to be coming back as CSU's AD when you still have Tony Frank, especially still leading the board of governors. He's the one that fired Jack. So they did not going to just change his mind all of a sudden and say, this is okay for us to bring him back in. So, um, you know, whether or not he could be involved somehow with the search, that's a different story. Who knows? But um, I, I would say that if you're going to go hire someone, I would look probably at like a number two guy, you know, right-hand man or woman at a wildly successful G5 school, right? Maybe one of the schools that made the jump to a, a Big 12 or something like that in this past year. Also, someone who previously came from some some P5, has some P5 experience and connections as well. But I just think, and what we just literally just talked about, with Joe coming to CSU, you could sense he had a lot of frustrations with fan support in a lot of areas and almost bewilderment in some cases, how just some things just didn't work that they try, promotions they try, or ways to engage and get people to, to show up. You could hear it. He said directly to us a lot of times. His, he expressed his frustrations, talking about butts and seats and donations and people turning on their TVs to watch CSU. And I think there was some very real frustration with Joe with our fan base at times because he came from blue blood schools that all that fan support and passion and history are built in generation after generation. And you don't have to bend over backwards to get people to care. Right. So I think that was always kind of working against Joe. He, he, there was a clash there. And I think you need to find someone who's familiar with that dynamic and not, not, uh, not clashing with it. Well, and, and I don't want to go the, the route where we got to hire, we got to hire someone with CSU ties. I do like Lisa Campos, uh, UTSA's athletic director, uh, bachelor and masters from CSU. She's been their athletic director since 2017. You know, that's somebody like that who has been at, I mean, they started off in Conference USA, and she's she's moved them. She's aligned them with, you know, the AAC. Remember, they we turned them down, and then they went after UTSA to backfill, uh, you know, us in Air Force and, and Boise and, and San Diego State a couple of years ago. But but she's she's really transformed that athletic department there, and so you take somebody like that who does have experience, you know, working at a G five level and and really excelling there and and raising them up. So I think she'd be a, a good fit. Um, you know, Albert Bimper's name has has come up, and and I actually kind of said this. I think we had him on right before he was leaving. Uh, to North Texas that this is somebody that I wouldn't mind uh, being our next athletic director. Now, I didn't think it was going to happen now <laughs> uh, this soon. 
after after he left to go to 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 Denton. But somebody like that, would he have enough experience though? You know, he's he he was part of you know, I think student affairs at CSU and part of the business program. He's the dean at liberal arts at UNT right now. So does he have that? You know, I don't know. I I that wouldn't be that one would be a kind of a tough sell if he if it if it wasn't Albert Bimper, CSU Hall of Famer uh center, would we even bring it up? No. So um I think you gotta have somebody with experience at the G five level. Um you know again you look at you look at what Joe on paper, Joe had everything everything there to, to move us forward and we and we didn't. So I don't I don't know if necessarily being a number two at a Big 12 school, at a Big 10 school, so on, is truly going to help us. I, I I think somebody who has done it at the G5 level, and maybe somebody who's taken a G5 program, athletic department, and, and moved them up, advanced them from like a whack to the Mountain West, and, you know, using like Boise and Nevada and Utah State as, as examples. You know, you look at Oregon State, you know, they took – Barnes from Utah State, and, and it seems to like they're it's paying off for them. Um, so I, I I don't know. I think it's it's a tough situation, and at a CSU, you need somebody like Jack Graham, that's a visionary, that's going to think out, outside the box, with the skills that Joe Parker have, right? somebody who knows how to run an athletic department, somebody who knows how to schedule, somebody who knows the ins and outs and, and how you're supposed to, how you're supposed to maneuver within the athletic the department world. Right. And that's like saying, Hey, we just need a stretch four to fill in for David Roddy. Once he leaves, we just, we just need that 300 pound uh, defensive tackle that gets in the backfield every time. Right. They're easy to get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You need a, you need someone like, Happy meeting between Joe and Jack Graham, <laughs> you know, the, the best of both. Exactly. And, uh, um, looking at uh, Ram Nation here, a couple couple people were asking some questions. Well, someone said, what uh, what's the first thing, the first priority for a new AD in your mind? Well, obviously, being on, with, <laughs> no, being on with us once a month and, and giving us whatever we want, you know, that's what bootlickers get you we know need our access back exactly that's that's the number one priority <laughs> uh on whoever the new athletic director is yes that's the only important thing just make sure that mike and i are taken care of exactly we, we, we exactly need, we need new boots to lick guys <laughs> <laughs> nine nine and a half would be all right yeah right obviously football everything comes down with football i think Again, I don't think we need a football mind. Everyone talks about, oh, we need a football mind. You know what? Most athletic, most athletic directors never played football. Okay, just I, I think somebody that just kind of has those connections, has the has that vision on on you know who can lead us and hopefully get us out of the four win, five win range and start getting us to bowls and competing for the Mountain West. There's something to be said for having a football mind or, um, you know, just kind of having that knack. And that's something that Jack played. Right. So, so he, he knew what he wanted, that he wanted, he, there were certain traits that he wanted. He went after it. Um, Joe was around some really good football programs. Right. But 
Um, when you look at, did you just have that knack for bringing in the right guy uh, and, and knowing if that person was going to be inspirational to your fan base uh, and, and have a knack for winning? Cause that's really at the end of the day, what it comes down to, um, you know, it, that, that those things did not work out for Joe. So, well, good to talk this out. Good uh, therapy and uh, best of luck to Joe Parker and Jen Parker. Obviously he will still be around for a little while. I would imagine that's a temporary deal until things get settled. But uh, so it'd be nice to still, still be able to connect with him, but uh, did a lot of good things at CSU and uh, appreciate him. Yeah, exactly. Good luck to them. Again, this isn't, this isn't really a day of celebration. I feel, I feel for them, you know, they're good people. And at the end of the day, it's, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, good luck to John Weber. Hopefully we'll get him on with us soon. I know he's probably trying to drink out of a fire hose right now. Try to get him today, but he's already big time in us. Already big time in us, you know, John, come on, jump on with us. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, good luck to him and, and good luck to John, uh, to Joe and, and Jen and, and whatever that leads for them, whether they're staying in Fort Collins or, or moving on, you know, hopefully I wouldn't mind if they stuck around, you know, like I said, I, I, I like them. They're good people. And, and they truly do love CSU. Yeah. Had multiple kids go through, graduates from CSU. Uh, he wanted to retire here. Yeah, bit of a surprising day, but uh, new era coming up for CSU and an opportunity to bring in uh, just some new, new blood, new ideas, new mentality, and hopefully get uh, get football particularly where it needs to get to. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Mike Rowe. And uh, we'll talk to you. We'll see. Well, I don't know what our schedule is this week, but uh, we'll talk to you at some point soon. Go Rams. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.